Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the Whatnots Review Show, our weekly book club style podcast here at the Whatnots. Uh, we cover all sorts of different topics, different genres, different mediums. It might be a comic book, movie, TV show, all sorts of stuff. Uh, this week, we are going to be talking about a comic book called Irredeemable. Uh, this is one of our end-of-the-month specials, so we will be covering this book to its completion at the end of every month. We do have one caveat about that yeah. uh, that we will mention at the end of the show for, for, for next month. Uh, but yeah, we are here to t- talk about Irredeemable by Mark Wade and Peter Krause. My name is Kyle Sp- Bringer though, and I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, how are you doing? I'm okay. How are you today? My day has been pretty good. Uh, I finished up Deadwood season two. Oh, yeah. I was. I. I thought I. So I did the thing where I thought I was gonna finish it last night, and I was like, okay, oh. here, here we go, season finale. And then I watched <laughs> that one, and I'm just like, wait, there's two more episodes after after this this isn't oh, even the dang. like penultimate one <laughs> so uh, yeah i i was like oh what well, i i guess i will watch that tomorrow which i i did so it's been a good lazy day mm-hmm. jeff also had a lazy day <laughs> yesterday was my roommate's birthday and i mm-hmm. stayed up way too late <laughs> yes so i texted you at 10 p.m saying can we postpone recording tomorrow? I think I'm going to go with him to a strip club. <laughs> and you said it all capital letters. Yes. Yes, we can. I was just like, like great, yes. Cool. So I'm like yes, aggressively like chugging cold brew and like doing my makeup at 10 p.m. Thinking we're going to go out <laughs> to this club. Uh, and I'm very wary about going out anywhere. But I'm like, well, uh-huh. it's my roommate's birthday. She wants to do this. I'm not going to say no to a strip club. I haven't been to one in like 10 years. What are they like now? I need to see this. How have they changed? What right, what yeah. new technology do they ha- have at the strip clubs? <laughs> are there hologram you, you strippers? Know. You know, right, like yeah. Blade Runner 2049. Are right? we there yet? No, by the time like everybody is ready and my roommate and her friend like went out to a gas station to like meet their friend and then he wasn't there, and then they had to, like, turn around and come back, so that took them, like, an hour. After everything, we finally get to the strip club at, like, midnight, and, like, the other friend got there first in our two separate cars, and she's like, they're already closed. Oh, no. <laughs> we all looked at the website. It all said, yeah, open till 6 a.m., and she's like, no, they ended up closing early. It must so, be reduced uh, hours because of the pandemic and stuff. Yeah. I guess, but, like, every other company I've looked at has been listing their reduced hours on, like, the website and the Google Maps. But Oh, man, like, no, disappointing. 6 a.m. So we drove to Illinois for nothing, and then we're like, maybe we'll go to the casino. The casino's still open. It is, but there's no remotely affordable parking anywhere around it. It's like we're not paying 40 bucks to park to go to the casino. So we gave up and we just came back to the apartment and ordered pizza. And we just, I stayed up until like two in the morning just eating pizza and showing Welcome them to my world. YouTube videos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, we couldn't go to the club, but let's just look up burlesque acts on YouTube. There you go. That Pretend. works. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> Man. Yeah, it was fun. Kind of a wash, but we'll try I was again. 
looking forward to hearing the story on the captain's log. Melissa goes to a strip club. I don't know. Well, it's my birthday in a couple weeks. So, you know, maybe then. Who knows? Yeah. We'll, we'll see the state of the world. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, let's see here. I got with me. I oh, have, have the, the physical copy of volume one. I own volume one and volume two of Irredeemable. Uh, I bought them a while back on free comic book day because my comic nice. shop was ha- having a big old sale uh, and i just picked these up because i had heard good good things and i think i i didn't read them right away i, I had them for a couple months just sitting there on my sh- mm, sh- mm. shelves and eventually i read these first two volumes um and I immediately just had to finish the story. I was like, this is good. I mm-hmm. really like this. Yeah. Uh, so I I continued it. I think I shotgunned, like, the whole thing in, like, a weekend. Oof. Just, like, started on Saturday, finished it Sunday night. And I was just like, this is amazing. And I still ha- haven't bought the rest of the story yet. But, um, yeah, that one day I will have to go do this but i'm really excited to talk about this book especially in like three months from now when we finished the whole story uh because that'll be in it's it's one that we wouldn't have been able to do in our regular weekly show yeah um i've kind of mentioned this to you in pitching it that Mm. one of the things that makes this book special at least in my mind is the ending of the book and so you you can't really cover this book without talking about the yeah. ending which we will get to down the, the down the, the road so i'm excited to get there and excited to t- talk about this book melissa you hadn't heard of this book am i no correct not okay. at all gotcha um so the so not having heard anything, what were you expecting when when I had pitched this book? Because when when I I had mentioned this to you, I was like, I I know I want to do a comic. Here's one of them that I want to do. Let me know what you think. And you were mm. like, Yeah, I'll, ch- I'll, ch- I'll check out a couple pages, uh, and and then you got you 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 got back to <laughs> to homie. I you had originally pitched the book as there's this. Superman archetype superhero who's always mm-hmm. been the golden boy has pulled off some amazing rescues both in terms of like magnitude and inconstancy like he's always sure. on the job always helping people everybody loves this guy and then he turns and he starts destroying things and he hits the point where he may be irredeemable yeah. for all of the good that he has done before I'm like okay that sounds interesting and I was picturing something more uh, of like a build up to that that we were going to okay. start with the golden boy seeing him cracking seeing whatever this irredeemable thing was and seeing like the public uh, image fallout from that sure sure you yeah know, like how is he how is the news coverage about him changing you know is there a fan still wearing his t-shirt and then some other you know person on the street accosts them like oh you're still a fan of the plutonian why i was expecting something kind of like that and instead it's the book starts with one of his 
other superhero cohorts like running into his house in the middle of the night saying, Donna, Donna, get the kids. No, don't get clothes. Don't get cash. Nothing. Like we have to get in the car and we have to yeah. go. He's on his way. He's coming. And then here flies down Plutonian, lasers everybody. And like says to the like one remaining child, like, you know who I am? I'm a superhero. And like, that's the cold open for this story. And you find out all, most of this has already happened. Like you start in media res and it's mostly about his, the rest of his justice league type of team trying to Mm -hmm. figure out how do we stop him? Nobody has ever prepared any backup plan for what if the Plutonian goes bad? Like it's the, about the entire world running scared and that's like, so oh, exciting shit, to me. What do we do? Yeah, yeah. It's less of like a, I mean, it is a character study, but it's a disaster story too. Like cities are yeah. in shambles. There's like yeah. soup lines because like he's lasered all these fields full of like food that people can eat. Like the infrastructure of the world is gone. It's that yeah. bad now. Yeah, because I you you were like, yeah, I'm just gonna check check out the first couple pages and mm. get back to, to to you. You came back that next week and was like, I've read the first eighty pages and didn't realize it. So yes, yeah. we are reading this book. <laughs> yeah, a very strong start to this series. Indeed, yeah. Mm. Um, but but yeah, then I, I think it was a week or two ago you had kind of checked back in and you had confirmed like, yeah, I think I've read volumes one and two and there's no way it would have been worth it to cover on our weekly show. Yeah. It just it you, you don't know anything really. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. I think we should back up a bit and do yeah. a little bit more of a, a synopsis. You mm. kind of covered it, you know, biggest, best superhero named the Plutonian. They mm. call him Tony for yeah. our short. Um, he is, yeah, this like Superman archetype and something goes wrong. Something happens and he snaps and he mm. goes bad. Uh, and he starts destroying things. I think there's uh, one per- there's one city in particular where it all starts. I yeah. think it was Sky City is what yeah, they that sounds named right. It. Yeah, um, yeah, and and it is the rest of the heroes trying to be like to to figure out what happened, like what mm. made him do this, and how to stop him. Um, they are trying to dig into his past, but he's like, so I, I, I say he's a Superman archetype, but he's also not at the same time. Like he, he is what people who've never really read Superman think Superman is like, oh, he's this like overpowered guy. He has no weaknesses whatsoever, you know? And like, that's who this character is. Like he Mm. has no weaknesses. He's super strong. He's super fast. He can see everything. He can hear everything. Right. And there is no kryptonite, Mm. at least that they know of. Right. Um, and yeah, they, they they also don't know like where he grew up. Really, they don't know if he's from Earth or if he's from another yeah. planet. Um, or I, I mean, I I guess they might know if they c- call him the Plutonian. That might allude to something. But still, that, it like it's it's just 
they only know him as the Plutonian. Yeah. They don't know him as Tony because they don't know if that's actually his real name. They just yeah. call him that because Tony his work is nickname. in Pluto. In Pluto the plutonian right yeah and so they're just like fuck we know nothing about this yeah. guy how do we stop him so <laughs> yeah it's it's a fascinating story yeah i loved that angle on this original premise that you told me about yeah it's 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 also like seeing a person go bad over time but mm. you don't really get to watch the whole thing you just get to hear stories like second hand because they yeah. do a lot of flashbacks or they meet certain characters who will then t- t- tell mm. you a story about oh well this one time he was here and he did this thing and i don't know he just had this look right and it's just like yeah huh okay Maybe he had something kind of boiling underneath the surface that we didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's just it's it's this neat investigation into who this character I- I- is and what happened. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you have anything else you want to add to that uh-huh. in terms of a synopsis? I think that's pretty good. Yeah, it's this guy has snapped. When the story starts, he's already snapped. He's destroyed a city. He's still out there just randomly destroying yeah. things. They can't track him, and it's just Something his old pisses team. pisses him off. He's just like, you're gone. Yeah, yeah, and it's just his old team trying to figure out how do we stop him. What the hell happened? Yeah, yeah, so I think that's a good synopsis yeah. to get p- p- people started. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are going to do some housekeeping, and then we will get into spoilers and start talking about the first four volumes of this book. Uh, We will be covering the subsequent volumes in the coming months, so Mm -hmm. be on the lookout for those, too. But housekeeping for now. If you did not know, we have multiple podcasts here at The Whatnots. Uh, If you guys want more information, you can find them at our website, thewhatnots.com. Uh, as well as your fi- your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Just t- t- type in the whatnots and all of our shows will pop up right there. Uh, and if you like what we did do, patreon.com slash the whatnots is where you can support us for as little as a dollar a month. I know we just filmed our Jackbox Party Pack community game night let's play type of thing. So that should be up on our website very, very soon. Uh, once I get that in in the works here. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, but that should be on the website soon. If you are a Patreon member, you can get that and a lot more exclusive content at our $3 tier. Uh, and a big shout out to our P- Patreon supporters at the $5 t- tier. So thank you, Sam, for helping us out, for supporting us, and for su- supporting us for so long, too. Yes. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you indeed. Uh, But with that, I say we go ahead and dive into spoilers. Mm -hmm. There we go. Okay. Um, I'll have to go back and double check and make sure that spoiler thing got recorded on our on our uh my new setup. I'm experimenting Uh with some with some things here, so Uh go back and see. Uh, Melissa. 
Uh-huh. Since you are new to this book, and I have read the entirety <laughs> of this book, where do you want to start? I want to talk about how this whole book feels like such a nightmare. And the situation okay. is... You could very easily call it that, yes. Sure. But yeah. it's not just a nightmare in that it is a very bad situation. It's got this dreamlike kind of quality to it where it starts right in the middle of things that are happening. It jumps around a lot. It moves around in time. You, Everybody's just sort of this basic archetype, you know? Yeah. Like it's got this kind of dreamy flowiness to it. Like there's not really any structure. You've got a very loose handle on time and space and like okay, where are we? How how long have we been doing this? Mhm. Yeah, like they they re reference a number of things that has mm. happened in their past that we don't really get to find out about, but just it seems like generic superhero stuff with generic off-brand versions of super yeah. <laughs> heroes or amalgamations of them um mm. like one of the main ca characters his name is 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 cubit i believe is how mm -hmm. you pronounce it and he's mm. he's He's the genius of the team. Yes. He's the super, super smart guy. He's kind of like the Mr. Fantastic, the Reed yeah, Richards. Yeah. But he's he's more of a technopath than, yes. than like, I can stretch, or I'm a rich billionaire playboy thing. Mm. He just, he's super smart, and that's his thing. And he he, he can control technology and, and stuff like that. But then you have... I mean, you, you do have some that are a little bit more unique. Uh, I, I don't yeah. remember her name off the top There's of my head. There's Kaiden. Yes, her. Um, that's yeah. exactly who I, who I was thinking of. And she is she has these, like, Japanese or some kind of Asian culture folklore. And when she tells mm. those stories, all of the spirits that she's t telling these stories of manifest themselves and fight for her yeah uh, so there, there there is stuff like that but then they do have a thor slash hercules style character with a yeah with with gilgamesh or whoever his name Gilgamos. is close uh <laughs> but yeah, so like they 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 have their just generic team, and that is why I think if we had only read those first two volumes, you wouldn't really mm. get much out of the of this thing. Yeah, and I dig the generic team. I think that works really mm -hmm. well for what this book wants to do. And another superhero pastiche kind of stories we've covered, like Black Hammer which we talked about sure, earlier yeah. this year. It is a lot of characters that are based on pre-existing characters we have. Like the, that's the Martian Manhunter, obviously. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the Shazam character, but they're all a twist on it. Like Golden Gale, their Shazam type character is a middle-aged woman who gets the power to turn into like a preteen superhero. And so she's forever <laughs> young in her superhero form. These characters, like, there's not really a twist. They are very basic, like, dollar store, 
unnamed Thor type man. There's yeah. no twist on yeah. that. <laughs> They're super generic, but that works because the story, I think it, that initial concept of the world's greatest superhero has gone bad and nobody knows how to stop him is such a potent concept. Mm-hmm. And the way the story uses its pacing you know, th- this untangling of who who is the Platonian? Who was he? Where did he come from? Uh, and that atmosphere, just that worldwide panic and despair, really. Because panic indicates that there's some place you're trying to get to. Mm-hmm. Nobody, everybody feels lost. They're like, there is no safe place on Earth. This isn't like trying to get away from a hurricane or a Godzilla even like there is nowhere we could get to where he could not get to us and it's the atmosphere of all like it's got a lot of very powerful things it's dealing with and that's something that can support just bland characters i say bland on purpose you know like they're just meant to be these these names these figures just something to fill out the superhero team archetype that we all know, which I think is something that also contributes to it being kind of dreamlike. Like, you know, when there's, you're talking to somebody in your dream and in your dream, you know, it's that person, even though you wake up and you're like, no, that that didn't look anything like them. You just called a vague amalgamation of a bunch of faces, that guy and dream me believed it. Yeah. Yeah. It, It does have this nightmarish quality to it that you just like, it's, I I recognize this stuff, but it's just it's there's something wrong. Yeah, right? which I, I I guess is also the feeling that you get from the Plutonian too, and especially as we start to dig into his past and stuff, and it's just like, uh, there is something wrong here, and yeah, it's it's crazy to to see all of the hat stuff. Did you now? So you you mentioned this nightmarish quality. Did you have a certain scene or a certain event that you felt like was the most nightmarish <laughs> to you? Oh, this doesn't come in until like the second volume, I think. Okay. And like the nightmare quality was something I'd already established as like my frame of mind when thinking about this book. But when they talk about <clears throat> that past case that they had as a team where there was the plague of skeletons. Mm -hmm. So like a couple years ago, there was this little town in like Mississippi or Alabama or somewhere where out of nowhere, kids just started becoming skeletons. Like not like they were dropping dead or disappearing or dissolving. It's just photos of like skeletons, like lying on the ground in like children clothes. It looks like the say cheese and die goosebumps book, which is so, (laughs) which is something that is kind of silly, but to put it in the context of this suddenly started happening, it's, it's happening out of control. Like it's racing across the city. We don't know what this is why are the kids just like suddenly dissolving to being skeletons in clothes and then the superior team comes in and they figure out that it was like it's a virus but it's a virus that travels through sound so every like the mission you know Patient zero, a kid turns into a skeleton, somebody screams, and the virus travels on the scream. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that it's it's so 
outlandish that it can be absolutely terrifying or Mm -hmm. like you said it can be kind of ridiculous and silly like say cheese and die it's a goosebumps book right (laughs) and like it's i i think this story does a good job of balancing that because this I the the whole series or most of it is just intense the whole yes. way. There is not a, a a a a spot where you can stop and breathe and just be like, okay, yeah, we have yeah. some t- t- time. Let's figure it out. It's like it's happening now. We need to fix it mm-hmm. now. Um, and it's yeah, it's it's really really scary. That so that virus ended up being an alien virus yeah some kind of mm. a- a- alien something uh and this is one of the flashbacks that we kind of get to see that there was this a- 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 alien invasion that plutonian helped i guess their their whole like J- J- justice league team i don't remember if they have a name oh of like, we are oh they do oh the paradigm the, the paradigm yes yeah. That's right. Thank you. You guys know me that I'm t- terrible with <laughs> names there. Uh, so the paradigm stopped this invasion, but the Plutonian keeps all of the technology that he finds. He's like, we need to ha- 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 hide this. We need to destroy yeah. it or we need to lock it up so no one can touch it. And there is this mm-hmm. one scientist who's who's like, Plutonian, what the fuck, dude? Like, <laughs> come on, let me see this stuff. And at first he just kind of waves him off. But this guy gets more and more in- intense and starts bad mouthing him. And it's intense for, you know, not just for him personally, like for the sense of discovery. I must know what this alien technology is. It's we for need to assess humanity. if this tech. Hmm? Yeah, for the good of humanity. Yeah, like we need to assess if this technology has something that we can build on. Can we make our society better? Can we solve right. any of our yeah. world ills yeah. if we crack into this technology from what is clearly a far more advanced race? And Plutonian's like, ah, oh, you know, there's always somebody who says something like this after an alien invasion. He'll shut up eventually. And then it seems like months go by and the guy never does. And Plutonian cracks and he's finally like, fine, fine, here. I barely know what this thing is, but take it. Maybe you can do something with it. <laughs> Which ends yeah. up being his yeah. downfall. He didn't assess the thing himself. He was just so furious with this guy, just like impatient, like stop yelling at me here. It's what you yeah. wanted. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this virus gets out and immediately Plutonian recognizes it. And he's just like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah, this is not good. Uh, I screwed up. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I think ultimately what we learn over t- time is that it's a mixture or at, at, at least what we know so far in volumes one through four is that it's all of the flashbacks that we see of him is some kind of mistake or some kind of. Yeah. Um, thing that he can't really control, but it's really irritating. Mm. And he just, he doesn't necessarily have the emotional capacity to deal with these things. 
right? Like that is one of the things. Like if you have super hearing and you can hear yeah. everyone screaming and and stuff and be like, help me, blah, blah, blah. And we get certain panels of that where he is like helping yes. someone and while he is like trying to help them and have a conversation with them we get these word balloons that aren't attributed to one p- 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 person specifically mm. they're in multiple l- l- languages and stuff but he just hears it's like help me or like get back you motherfucker like blah, blah, blah. and he just hears everything and that's something you have to deal with like as as someone who has that power like how, like how do you turn that off right yeah and that's and if you help part one of... person do you lose someone else like i yeah like that's emotionally taxing mm-hmm. so. and that's part of this skeleton virus is that he had given that scientist when he gave him this piece of equipment he also gave him this little like beeper type of thing that's like if you sense anything off if anything goes wrong with this piece of technology while you're you know running tests on it like hit this button it's a sensor that'll go out to me i'll hear it anywhere i'll be here in seconds but when that happens it is during a time where plutonian has become so overwhelmed that he flies to the moon like he pulls a dr manhattan and he's just sitting on the moon yeah. Just so, because that's the, as the only place he can go. He's like, that's how far away he has to get before he can't hear anybody. And he says, I thought I deserved to have 10 minutes of silence for once. And then he starts right, flying yeah. back to Earth after 10 minutes. And the second he's back in earshot, he's like, oh, no, that's the for alarm. 10 minutes. God damn it. <laughs> right. <laughs> And like that's, I think a real strength of this book is that it does really put Plutonian. He's absolutely painted in a corner, and like you Mm -hmm. really comprehend what he's going through. Like you can empathize with it to some degree. Like, oh, your life was—it was not your life at all. You were entirely, completely, tirelessly an instrument of the people. You know, for yeah. the one time that you're like, I need a break for my own sanity, that then that brings upon like countless dead, a giant disaster, and right. then you have it in your head like that's my fault. I told them I would be there, and I wasn't there. It's also interesting because we know that there are other super he- he- heroes, mm. but there's not many of them. Um, yeah, they are fairly new because I think it's in volume four that we then yeah. start to we we start to get some some more stories of other people in the world or like their origin stories and stuff like that, um, and we get one guy who ends up being the character that we saw at the start which is their like batman green hornet style character yeah he seems like just kind of a a guy who's good with technology and who can fight yeah he's a vigilante yeah yeah Uh, yeah but he has this like bat cave style thing he calls himself the hornet oh that's Um, right yeah and yeah, he's just like he's trying to save people and do his thing, and the Plutonian will show up and swoop in and save the day. But he's he's kind of this like wrecking ball character uh, com- compared to the the 
hornet, which is, I, th- I think, what they say. He's like, I'm a wrecking ball. You're, you're a sniper. Like, you are yeah. precise, right? Yes. Um, but it's, it's like, we start to see that stuff. And, yeah, it's just more and more stories of there's not really anyone else. Like, if someone needs to all of a sudden fly to the Grand Canyon, who knows if there's superheroes around there, right? Like, he Mm. really has no one else to support him. him. Mm. And just 10 minutes. Yeah. And it's just like, shit. Like, (sighs) There's a line that he has... It really struck me. It is really like this character's whole struggle kind of summed up. I forget who he's talking to, but he says, and he's talking about how you know these powers manifested when he was very young. He wa- we we mm-hmm. do find out in a little bit about his history and that he was in foster care. We don't get as far back to find anything about yeah. his biological parentage, but he went through several foster homes and the people always had like glowing wreck. He was a very nice boy. He helped out around the house. We can't keep him though. It, like he went through house after house and you see that it was his powers that like put such a strain on his family. Like he had no matter what he did, like he had this one family where it was an a, abusive dad and he like he killed the dad, I think, to like help save the mom. And instead, the mom was like slowly driven mad by just the fact that she knew he can hear she everything so that I'm yeah. thinking. Yeah, because she saw like the power that he used to kill the dad. And instead of feeling relieved or feeling free, she's like, oh, no, what else is he going to do? He could hurt me. He could hurt anybody like yeah. that terror has that everybody has now after he has snapped is something that people have quietly had in the back of their minds his whole life and he learned at an early age like he spotted it and he never stopped seeing that in everybody and there's a line where he says my whole life I've been holding myself as tight as piano wire just so that people would be okay with me being around like he knows the weight uh he's never never gone from this weight of knowing people are terrified of me and so i have to be as good as i possibly can i have to be well behaved i can't step out Mm -hmm. of line i have to be helping everybody all of the time or they're absolutely going to turn on me they're going to shun me they're going to send me away just like when i was a kid and all of those foster families just pushed me onto another foster family when they got yeah. overwhelmed yeah well the, there's there's the story of of that family uh which the the mom then commits suicide mm. and he he, 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 he hears the g- 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 gun c- cock but he can't get there fast enough he's just far enough away that like he just misses it right Mm -hmm. um and then we get one that i to me i think is the most nightmarish thing is when we see i think it was like his second foster family uh that he goes with them and they have a new born child and he wants to hold the baby. And this is when he's super young. Mm. And he hasn't really figured out controlling his powers yet. 
and so they don't really think anything uh, of it and they let well, him hold the baby like, he begged and begged and begged and begged and eventually yeah. like they already has a sense of it and then the parents relented like okay you, you can hold the baby once just be careful right and yeah he, he does and he doesn't mean to hurt the baby but he does and <laughs> it like gives him permanent brain damage just from like touching him like um, he just holds him too hard yeah and because of that the the the, the family's horrified and mm -hmm. they don't know what to do so they just just stop talking and they have yeah. literally not spoken since that day. They've not, like, spoken out verbally to be like, Hi, Jim, you know, my good old neighbor, how are you? You know, how's... You know? Yeah, and, like, you They just you see that... went mute. Yeah, and it seems like the parents have died at this point, and it's, like, the two older siblings taking care of the, the, the baby of the family now. And, like, you see them, they've got these, like, whiteboards around their necks, and you see the sister writes a message to the brother, like, I thought we used the good plates for dinner tonight. So even the most mundane sentiments, yeah. they're like, we cannot say this out loud. He can't hear a single thing that we have to say. Right, yeah, because they're, they're they're not. It's it's not just that they're in shock, but they're scared mm -hmm. that if they say something, if they express how angry they are or something like that, that he will come after them. And mm -hmm. he was well meaning, but they're still just horrified. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, they just they don't want to speak. Period. Um. And yeah, to me that is like nightmare. It's 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 not this like fantastical thing of like the children are turning to skeletons. Oh no! <laughs> it's this is a self-imposed like we just stopped talking. Yeah, and that like that's something that's almost more realistic, right? Of mm -hmm. just like I'm just gonna not talk. Period. Yeah, just to have something that was an accident like an absolute right, yeah. and like there's you know like flying away to the moon was in hindsight an accident but something like him squeezing the baby too hard is just a shade too close to reality where it's like oh that you know we don't have superpowers that couldn't happen but it could be like mm -hmm. you know you could like hand a, a baby to a little kid and they they might accidentally drop the baby and then and then that's the whole rest of everybody's life yeah right which is it is like really scary the whole situation and then he and then he takes samsara there you know when he takes samsara on his world tour of the people he has a grudge against takes yep. him to the family and he's talking to the siblings like after everything else that i tried to do to like set everything right you know I think it's the same family right where he's like i saved you from bullies you know i I forget what it was like when you d were about to fall out of a tree and I came and I flew up and I caught you like he has all these other instances he can name of everything else he did for the family and he's so yeah. angry that they're still scared of him that he pulverizes them like he just turns them to dust and then he flies away but like the the baby of the family is still the one left alive at this house damage, in yeah. the middle of nowhere with nobody around to take care of him and you know like oh he's gonna be dead in a couple days like that quiet 
more down to earth terror. You're right. Like there is the yeah. nightmarish, like eeriness of the skeleton virus, but it is stuff like that that hits harder because it's like closer to home. It's something yeah. you could believe of in our world where there aren't superpowers. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. So it's it's scary indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, to move on a little bit though, so I, I well I uh, kind of. Um, yeah. How how do do you have thoughts on how this compares to Superman's origin story? Because it is a similar type of thing. But I don't know if you had thoughts I on, think, on that. Well, the thing about Superman is that he, he had the Kents, and the Kents made all the difference to him in his life, that even after their baby started displaying these powers... You know, after he could do things like, and you know, I don't know the order of operations. You know, I saw, I've sure. seen Man of Steel a couple times and that's it. You know, like after he developed super hearing or he could fly or he could shoot lasers out of his eyes or whatever, they still never give up on him. Like they're, they're very concerned, but to them, it's like, okay, our kid just has, he's got some real special circumstances and we have to do everything we can to help him adjust to the world. You know, like just yeah. make the world a place, you know, get him ready for the world and teach him responsibility and also teach him coping mechanisms. Like there's that scene in Man of Steel where like Clark is freaking out in the janitor's closet because he can't stop hearing everything around him. And then mm -hmm. Martha comes to the school and like talks to him through the door and she's like, just make the world a little smaller, Clark. Just zero in till you can hear my voice and nothing else. And then she, like, she teaches him a technique that he can use and that he returns to in the future. There's never been anybody like that in the Plutonian's life. There's only been this fear. And this fear creates in him this sense of, I need to be as well-behaved as possible. I need to always be looking for ways I can help people. I can't make the world smaller. I shouldn't make the world smaller. I need to be aware of everybody's problems at all times because I can fix them. And if I can, mm, yeah. then I have to. Superman for, you know, as much as we've seen him like, oh, sorry, Lois, you know, the sorry I can't finish dinner. I've got to go. Like he still has a semblance of a, a life. You know, it seems like he yeah. does have times where he checks out and he's like, uh, I'm just at work today. Unless there's a fight right outside the window of the Daily Planet or I get a, a call from Wonder Woman, I'm just at work today. And the Plutonians never had that. He has always been on the clock since he was like four years old. Yeah, I I, I think with Superman, he had uh, he well, he uh, 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 obviously has the emotional capacity to take a day off and be okay mm. with that and and know that hey I'm at work or hey I need to take a dump right and go use the bathroom or or something and someone dies right. But I mm -hmm. think Superman also has the support system there, right? You mentioned Mon Pa Kent, but there's superheroes all over the world. He knows that if he doesn't go there, then the Flash will show up or yeah. Batman will show up or, or someone or something, right? Whereas the Plutonian doesn't have that. And I, I, I don't think it's that the people didn't necessarily try and teach him how to cope or how to you know like mm. hey can you like 
try to control your power. Like, how do we mm-hmm. do this? I just think he, yeah, like the Plutonian recognized the fear and that stuck with him more than learning to control it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and just and just being like, hey, like I I can help a lot of people, but I can't help everyone at the same time. Like my like he, he's he's not come to terms with the fact that if I help one person, I ignore someone else. Yeah. Right. Whereas I I think yeah, Superman kind of has in a strange way, or at least he at least yeah, knows like... it's okay, and like that's just how the world works. Yeah, you know, it, it, yeah, that's something he has. He has a contentedness with, I did what I can, you know, you did, growing up as his farm boy. You're not like, going to well, fix you can't, everything. Yeah, like you can't feed the chickens and the cows at the same time. You, you, you have to take care right. of one thing at a time and like get to everything in turn. And if you, if you don't, I'm sorry, you don't. And also talking about how Superman knows other people will come help him. That's a narrative. That's a, a world where there's many very super powered people. Superman might right, be at yeah. the top, but you've got Wonder Woman, you know, who's, exactly. who's the demigod. You've got the Flash, who's incredibly fast. You've got other people that are also pretty high tier. The Plutonian seems like he's leagues above any of his other superhero friends. Like mm-hmm. they're all pretty good, but he's like there's nobody close to being at his level of omnipotence yeah. like he's yeah. omnipotent and they're just pretty potent <laughs> exactly yeah yeah um so i i i think i want to move on or yeah move on to the last thing about the plutonian that i want to talk about mm. we do find out he kind of has a weakness um, yeah. we're, we're not sure exactly what it is or what substance this thing is, but it's some kind of magical candle. Um, mm. and it is the wax of this candle. And as long as this, I, I guess, wax is burning, he loses his powers. So that is our first hint at like who he is or what, but it's still like, oh, we don't know anything about yeah, this guy besides that, the like... fact that he just has this thing. And, like, some foe engineered that against him. And we don't... I think that's, like, the one time this foe is mentioned. Like, we don't know who they are. It seems like it was a group of some sort. Like, maybe it was, like, an alien race or... Oh, it's yeah. some sort of a group the name. Legion I forget of what it was. Doom. Yeah, it could have been, like, an alien race or, like, a, an underground society or a villain, you know, a villain group. We don't know. But, yeah, somebody engineered, as long as this candle is burning, you are mortal. And he brought it, like, he stole it away from them when he defeated them and he hid it away. And the only time he's brought it out is when he's going to um, have sex with Betty for the night. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He has to burn that so that he just doesn't destroy her. Yeah. And it's not until you get that scene that you realize how powerful he is that he's terrified to touch her and she says something like with that candle burning i could run my fingers through his hair and it wouldn't cut me right like that's something we're dealing with too you have diamond hair how dangerous of a creature are you like that yeah because like when 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 you get that detailed about like oh you can't even touch his hair like it's almost amazing how much he has uh like created this like superhero 
persona when like no one can touch him yeah. literally like he 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 flexes like you know boom and he like yeah breaks someone's leg yeah and so it's it's a it's kind of amazing how much he's actually gotten to save people like how many people he has saved but i guess he like that's just that's something that he can't see like despite all of that he still managed to do good stuff well i think that's he worries about that because that's what the people are like like he has talked about the sheer magnitude of people who he has saved Mm-hmm. The, the deeds, you know, the lengths he has gone to, the magnificent feats he has done, and also just the constancy of every day I stop like 30 burglars, you know, right, 30 yeah. street muggers. He's always on the clock, and this is part of the irredeemable title concept. Yeah, he's destroyed millions of people, but hasn't he already saved that many or more? And that's something like he's saying to all these people as he's flying around, like, how are you mad at me? I've saved all of your lives before. Yeah, you don't mm-hmm. have a building to live in now, but wasn't the life saving earlier? Didn't that earn me anything? Did it earn me just not being yeah. yelled at? Yeah, he's starting to feel like he's owed something. Mm. Just like, I've done so much. Like, can't you guys just appreciate what I've done? And it's not that they mm. don't, but they still just have this, like, I really don't want to get on this guy's bad side. Yeah, and, like, nobody has uh, taken the load off of him, which is... Like, everybody sees these magnificent feats that he's doing, but then the next day, somebody's still yelling, Plutonian, come help me. Like, that's what gets to him. That he's like, I I haven't earned the vacation day yet. You guys still expect me to be there when you need help, even though you know I just saved a bunch of nuns from a burning church yesterday. Like, you know what I've been doing and you still expect me to keep showing up. That's what breaks (laughs) him. That It seems like nobody believes he should have that 10 minutes alone on the moon. Yeah. I I, I think that's what makes the whole thing with Betty interesting is Mm -hmm. because that is a moment where he lets himself do something that he actually wants to do right like yeah he, he, it's 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 not a moment of si- of silence where he goes to the moon but this is a, t- a time where he literally can't help anyone right mm-hmm. and he's opting for it so that's that's kind of why he becomes so obsessed with that and he now has like a whole room dedicated to her and all of her outfits and stuff like that like uh yeah like he he becomes obsessed because he gets to just stop and be like i i'm actually in a spot where i can't help people so i don't have to so i can just stay here right yeah there's a moment really early on where he kidnaps this woman who's actually one of their like opposing villains. It's the mm-hmm. sorceress named like Inkata or something. Inkata and he dresses or something. her up. Yeah. yeah. He dresses her up like Betty and then he kidnaps just like some guy who has his same haircut and dresses him up like him and makes 
the two of them have sex, which is very chilling. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, I, normally in a, if a character was going to do something like that, he'd be like, I'm going to dress the lady up like my past love and then I'll have sex with her. And like, that's interesting. I mean, it's not good, but it's bad in a different way than I typically would see. Yeah. And then later it's like, oh, like he couldn't have. Like, I mean, he could have, but he would have absolutely destroyed the woman and he wants to not do that. That's why he's like, let me get a stand in for me who is a safe person who won't, you know, destroy you if he touches you too hard. It's like, this is the moment I want to relive this one night where I was just a man. Yeah, he 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 has this thing of, of. Yeah, just like I want to relive that moment but i can't yeah so can i recreate it somehow and watch it and yeah even in that moment like he's still taking time for himself but there's no more candle right so he just Mm -hmm. he just stops right uh, but I, I guess by that time he's not really a good guy anymore. So yeah, he's just like <laughs> yeah, there's who nobody the anywhere who's like yeah. Plutonian help me unless there's like a guy right. who's been shipwrecked on an island and he hasn't heard the news. <laughs> he's like I keep yelling. I don't know why he hasn't come for me. I know he can hear me. Uh, well, he's come for you in a different way. Uh, <laughs> but um, so. Let's move on to some of the supporting characters. Yeah. We started to touch on Betty, um, uh, and I, 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 I think she is one of the like next most important characters. Where she mm-hmm. kind of fell in love with him. She's already married to another one of these uh, super he- he- hero characters, but she started to cheat on him with the Plutonian. That's when she found out about this candle. Mm. She lied when they were like, yeah. what do we know? Is there any weaknesses? And she was like, I don't know a thing. Um, and so she has a really interesting story arc where she's now feeling guilty. She's not it's it, it's it's not the Plutonian k- k- killed these p- people. It's I k- k- killed these people because yeah. I didn't speak up. Yeah. And it's that. The way they portray it is that, like, the first day, like, the day he snaps. And we don't know what happened on that day. Like, what the actual breaking point was. Mm-hmm. We, just, we just know afterwards that this has happened. And we see the paradigm in their superhero fortress. And there's, like, oh, my God, turn on the news. Like, there's footage of Tony just destroying Sky City. And everybody's, like, okay, this is probably... Uh, you know, a shapeshifter, mind control, uh, an evil multiverse guy. Yeah. They're like, there's no way this is actually him. Where, but then Gil- where's Doctor like, Modius? Yeah, right? yeah, like, it's Modius, number one control. bad guy. Yeah, and so Gilgamos is like, okay, just in case something has happened to him, and, and still kind of on the pretense of what if it's him and he's being mind controlled. He's like, is there a backup plan? Does anybody know? Like, what can we do to stop him? And he's like, Betty. I know you two were close, and you got the sense that he knew she was cheating he on knew him. But something he didn't want was to up, but he didn't it. know the, yeah. the extent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, "You two were always close. Do you, do you know anything?" And in that day, 
the first five minutes of knowing that he's starting to destroy things, in her mind, she's more worried about, I don't want to admit to my husband that I did this. So she's like, no, I don't know yeah. anything. And then as the destruction gets worse, she like can't back out of that initial lie that she told. Like, actually, yeah, I did sleep with the Blutonian once. And in order to do that, he lit this magic candle that makes him mortal. Which like, she it, like, can't stop. The, the thing that baffles me about that moment, though, is she didn't need to admit to sleeping with, with him, though. Like, she, she could have... Uh, I mean, not that I am vouching for her lying, but still, like, she could have been like, yeah, actually, he told me about this magic candle once, like, years ago. he showed it to me in his, like, you know, cave of wonders, these are all of my trophies sort of way. I mean, she would have to deal with that, I'm sure, down the road when they... Do are like we're like aha we have this magic candle and he's just like you like I I like and then he you know he expl- explains the whole thing like that you only knew about that because we were sleeping together and they're like oh, mm. no he didn't and right <laughs> uh but yeah like she could have at least helped her friends in the more shirt in the more short term while still not you know expressing that she was cheating and that like that was that was a weird thing for me to look back on and be like she didn't need to say that right then and there yeah well and i guess you could always just say like oh it was the in the moment she panicked and she just said yeah sure you know, and like yeah. we can think of a a plan B in hindsight, and maybe she has too. But she's like, in that moment, I panicked, and this is what I said, and I don't know how to undo it. Which, I like, despite me thinking that was a strange thing to do, mm. I think that's also a very realistic thing to yeah. do. It's just panic and say no. Mm-hmm. I just like uh, uh, no, <laughs> right? Like. I've never yeah, met this like, man before in my life. Yeah. Uh, who? The pl- Plutonian who? What? <laughs> he he came from Pluto. No, that's a Disney character. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> imagine this whole book, but it's Pluto. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where he's from. This is part world. of the Kingdom Hearts universe. Right, yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Um... Was there any other characters that you liked or were drawn to their their story arc so far? Uh, I liked Cubit. I like mm-hmm. that he's okay. just doing so much of this stuff off on his own. Like, it's mentioned that the one foe that the Plutonian ever went up against was this guy named Modius. And we're not, we don't have a very Or, like, specific... the one foe that could actually, like, oh, challenge Oh, right. Him. Yeah, yeah. The one foe he ever went up against who he ever felt scared of that people could tell oh this affects him it's not just like another task another thing for him to do like it is a some sort of an emotional uh, he's getting underneath his skin at least yeah yeah yeah. the only person who's ever done this is modius we don't know exactly 
what Modius's power set was. I think in the one example we get, he's like shooting a ray at the Plutonian and making him age. So like, we don't know if this was like a tech oh guy. Is it magic? We don't know exactly like what type he's, of He seems like a, a Dr. Doom style yeah, yeah. thing. Both tech and magic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But so Cubit and like Modius has disappeared. Like even before this whole sky city destruction and you know the world is in shambles that guy just kind of fell off the face of the earth like nobody knows what happened to modius and so cubit knowing that modius might be the one person that could tell them how they can stop the plutonian he's built like all of these modius robots with a modius ai in their heads and didn't tell it yeah he didn't tell anybody else so, like, Kaiden, I think, just goes over to, like, Cubit's lab. And she's like, ah, why do you have six Modiuses walking around? And he's like, yeah. oh, yeah, I built those. And they, I think the robot brains could help us. Like, he's just on his own track. And an, an interesting angle that he has is that he's got this kind of, no, I can fix it. This, like, savior complex where it's like... Right. You know, the Plutonian saves people. He's smart enough to not have to fight him, but to figure out some way, like, we can stop him or we can get to him and talk with him and something, right? Yeah. Like, everybody else on the team, they're like, we just need to stop this. Like, they all consider the Plutonian a lost cause. He's gone. Like, there's no more Tony anymore. We just have to stop him. And Cubit... Seem, it seems like it's because he's got this kind of arrogance to him. Like, no, there's mm-hmm. no problem I can't solve. Right. He doesn't yeah. want to stop the Plutonian. He wants to fix the Plutonian. Like, you know, like, he's got it in his head. Like, no, I'm sure there's a way we can get to him. And it seems like it's n- maybe not from an emotional point. Like, oh, Tony and I were really great friends. I want my friend back. I believe it's in my friend. It's just a new, it, it, it is for, for him. It's the ultimate challenge. Yeah, how he's do like, we I fix bet I can the gr- world's this. greatest superhero he- he- that is now the yeah, world's like, greatest villain? He's like, watch me, like, give me enough Hold tests, my beer. <laughs> I can reverse this. Yeah, 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 that's what that's what he's doing, and he's become kind of the leader of this little gang. Like, he's mm-hmm. the one like really driving everybody. But then whenever anybody kind of asks him these questions, they're like how much stuff have you been hiding like what else are you doing like he's kind of he's hiding all this stuff he's sometimes acting against everybody else's interests and you can tell that there's like gonna be well there kind of already has been a shift with the survivor kind of as this new leader of the group yeah so the survivor's character uh I believe it was him and his twin brother, Scylla and Charybdis were the, mm. their names. Uh, and they shared this, like, cosmic power. Mm. Um, and they could, like, shoot beams and fight and make shields and stuff like that. And one of them dies. And they just thought that, you know, without the... Uh, other one that Mm. they're powerless because that's what would happen if they were far enough apart there'd be one of them that couldn't use their powers and so they just assumed that it worked both ways that oh you know if that one's gone then he can't use his powers and this one can't 
but that turns out to not be the case and they've been lying mm. this whole time that it's actually only one of them that has this like this like yeah. co- 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 cosmic like power and the other one can siphon it um, yeah and it's the one that can siphon it that died and so now there's just this the the one left he is the survivor and he now has the full power um which he's n- never used basically mm-hmm. uh so he gets in a fight and goes toe to toe with the plutonian but he's yeah he's now like starting to get cocky because he did have this fight and be like guys i can fight him like yeah you just need to like if you can help me fight him i can beat beat him right now like, like yeah i drew blood like yeah. I injured him. That's closer than anybody else has ever gotten. Yeah, indeed. Um, so it, it's it's this odd cast of characters that, like, there's one that feels super guilty that she started it all. There's mm-hmm. one feels that, like, oh, this is just my next problem to fix. Like, let me mm. prove to everyone that I can fix this. And then th- 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 there's another one who thinks that they can fix this, but by killing him, just being like, I can beat him. Like, let me yep. just fight him. Let me just yeah. punch and then punch him again, right? Um, and th- th- we we still don't know too much about Gilgamesh. We did get an interesting flashback where I believe he met alexander the great uh yeah and yeah he is just this like ancient being who's been around on the earth for god knows how long um but man he's he's also starting to be a little bit intense and getting to be a little bit unhinged because he's Mm -hmm. so we've mentioned he's like this kind of thor hercules type of character but he has like these angel wings yeah Um, and one of them got torn off uh by this certain villain that the u.s military unleashed that's one of the best scenes i'm sorry if i could talk about this for just a minute we're like it's this you know, military, you know, like a war room. And there's like a couple generals around and like, they're all older and like kind of injured. And you wonder if like Plutonian has already killed all of the younger active generals. And this is like the couple retired ones who like rallied together. Like, okay guys, what can we do? And like, they're like, okay, we knew this is our last option. We have to do this. And they're not telling you what it is, but like one guy hands out like five envelopes to everybody. And he's like, okay, mm-hmm. it's completely randomized. Four of us, you know, we're not going to get it. But the one who did, uh, I'm sorry, God rest your soul. And like one guy like opens the envelope and it's this arcane writing. It's not fair. Like, no, it's not. You fair. can't make me do this. And they like hold his jaw and they make him like say the words written on the paper. And then the next panel is just like a fist like jammed out of his mouth. And this yeah. demon like crawls out of his body. He's like, oh, hello, gentlemen. You've decided to call. <laughs> yeah. Like, ah, you've summoned me. <laughs> oh, I, I um, loved that demon. He's yeah. He's this like hunter alien demon like character. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of reminds me of Jack Kirby's The 
demon in the sense that he is this demon-like character. He is a demon, uh, yes. But but yeah, like I, he's he's hard to compare to other things. Like oh, he's like this thing, or oh, he's like that. Um, but yeah, he can teleport and do stuff, or he he can teleport between the earth and his realm. But the only way he can do so is if someone reads these specific words, in which yeah. case he teleports, like, inside them and, like, yes. rips out of them. And oh. so they, they just completely bite the dust. And it's mm-hmm. kind of cool that, like, that's what happens. And he teleports... Uh, the survivor and he's just like oh god like i just came out of someone like ah like don't do that again he has to pop out of a different guy (laughs) (laughs) to take two people yeah yeah uh but that that character ripped off one of gilgamos's wings Mm. and then there's a moment where they all get captured and gilgamos is the one that breaks out but he's so pissed that he forgets the rest of his team he's just like Hmm. forget you i'm on a mission to go do something and And how he he rips off his one remaining wing and pulls the bones out to pick the lock and it's just like yeah oh god this is it's metal as fuck but it's horrifying (laughs) this whole thing is a nightmare it's so wild, like, and half the characters that we are introduced to die very quickly. Like, we meet yeah. these superpower twins, one of them's dead. Like, there's other members that yeah. fill out the superhero team, a bunch of them die. There's a scene where they go to, like, a villain's lair to try and see if, like, okay, you know, he's not Modius, but did this guy ever come up with any sort of plan to defeat the Plutonian. Is there anything we can take from this guy? And I think it's it's Scylla that's like sneaking in there. And there's all these other villains. <laughs> like there's some other like villain group already hiding right, yeah. out in there. And they're trying to do the same thing. Like how do we stop this guy? How do we survive? And the yeah. Plutonian shows up and like kills all of them immediately. So, Where like, are the idiots story- that live here too? <laughs> <laughs> like there's this story is racking up such a high body count. Like the second you're introduced to somebody they're gone which is Mm -hmm. i think another reason why it shows to go with these very sort of generic superhero types like Encanta isn't really she's a sort of a a vague scarlet witch type of lady and like that's all you need out of her you know because everybody's just there to serve this this premise and fit these archetypes the whole story is about living up to being an archetype to being this hero this protagonist that everybody sees in you Mm -hmm. wants you to be that you want to be because you're like if i'm not a hero then everybody's turning on me yeah i want to switch gears a bit and talk about the artwork Mm -hmm. Um, because i think this fits in with what we were just talking about as well and I think also uh, kind of contradicts what we were just t- t- talking about as well. We have said some nightmarish things ha- happen in this thing, mm. uh, in in this book. And it seems like it's more gory than it actually 
is like it definitely is it definitely is gory and there are some horrifying things in here but the artwork is still that like bright uh colorful like a modern interpretation of like the classic like greek god looking super heroes and stuff like that and so it's it it seems dreamlike in that way too right where it's like this seems almost happy and like yeah very much like i am the plutonian here to save the day right but then yeah Mm -hmm. the guy rips off his wing and pulls out (laughs) the bones and to (laughs) teleport in like you have to like go from out inside someone out and like Mm. yeah it's this odd mix of like the the story and the things that we are talking about don't fit with the artwork, but the artwork complements it in such a way that makes it that much more scary because it yeah. seems like this this classic like super hero thing like oh everything is good like and mm. the day is saved right. <laughs> It's just like, no, one, things are fucked up. <laughs> one thing I thought was interesting about this story was the character, was the costume design specifically. Sure. Everybody's okay. costumes are very basic. You know, there's not a lot of complex shapes or silhouettes and very few colors. Like I mentioned that witch in mm-hmm. Kanta, her, her outfit's like all the same shade of navy. Betty yeah. Noir is also just like mo- like mostly blue and like a couple black accents. Like the way everybody yeah. looks is very, very simplified and kind of elementary. Like they look like a, a very cheap action figure. We're like, right, they didn't yeah. have a lot of money to like mold detail onto the plastic and they're like, they just paint the body one color. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Plutonian, I think, is one of the ones that do have the most detail and I think the most yeah. complex mm-hmm. costume. Because some of them, like I'm looking at a page here, I think this is during the scene at the baseball game that Plutonian mm. brings this like giant robot down to which yeah. is a, like, a spoof on the super man thing of bringing the plane down in the baseball game but there's a panel uh in which the rest of the paradigm show up or at least some of them and you see volt who i i i i don't like volt he's really Volt's nice funny um he he's the like he his costume looks like it's like he made it himself right Mm -hmm. where he he got a certain jacket and stitched Mm -hmm. some things on there and he has a belt and yeah like it it doesn't look like spandex or like oh he has some like kevlar suit thing that you see in all these like superhero movies and stuff it just looks like a carhartt jacket that is purple (laughs) with like some padding and stuff and it's just like uh, like that's it but then the plutonian is one of the only ones there's a couple more but He's one of the only ones that has the like full on spandex with the cape, and it's just like, huh, he stands out. And then he mm-hmm. has this like shape on his chest, which yeah. 
it's it, it it's it's not it doesn't mean hope where he's from right it's not yeah. like it looks kind of like a pea no. maybe it's a giant penis <laughs> i don't know uh no but like it's just this maple leaf looking kind of thing yeah it, or like kind of like a like a flame sort yeah. of yeah something it's this abstract shape yeah that we don't know what it is I also want to mention that this is a story that does not go into any kind of bureaucratics or logistics about superheroes. Like, this mm, isn't yeah. an Incredibles world where somebody designs their costumes. Or is it, and it's also not like a Spider-Man world, you know, where, like, he's trying to, like, the Tobey Maguire Peter Parker, like, makes his own costume? Like, well, they- people... They kind of have that stuff in there, but it, it's not—it's not focused on. I think the only t- time that we see that is uh, the flashback where we see that the Plutonian has been w- w- working. He—he he did actually have a day job, uh, hmm. at that one t- TV station. Yeah, and that is kind of one of the few and only scenes we get that's like that, where it's like they hold down regular jobs just like us. Yeah, you know? we have no sense so. of anybody's private lives. <laughs> I was going to mention about the costumes. Yeah. Like, yeah, they don't seem to come from anywhere. And, like, when uh, Charybdis, after his twin has died, and he's like, I'm going to rebrand myself. I'm now the survivor. Next time we see him, he's in a completely different, like, very specific costume. It's got this, like, military-style jacket, but, like, old military-style with this, like, button placard down the front. They're like, where did you mm-hmm. get this? Didn't you just announce that like yesterday? Like, I also don't know how time goes in this book. Yeah. It feels like everything we've encountered has only taken like six days. Yeah, it 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 seems like that because it's it's something that they want to deal with as quickly as they can. Yeah, I think some yeah. time has passed, but not much. No. Like, I, I would say at most, like, a week or two. But that's just my perception of the whole thing. I, 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 yeah, I, I it's hard to gauge because what's the, happening. It's hard to gauge because the story does keep cutting back and, like, having so many flashbacks from so many different characters all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Did you have a- 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 anything else that you wanted to t- talk about? We haven't really talked about Modius all that much. We haven't talked about Samsara. Yeah. Yeah. There are, there- um, <laughs> there's qu- quite a bit. There's a lot yeah. in this book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is interesting, too, because each volume only has four issues in each volume they're dense about that much but yeah they are dense and they are still pretty quick reads for being as dense as they are yeah like the story it's really fast paced which i think lends to the it's done on purpose like it's jarring (laughs) because it's supposed to be jarring because you are with all of these characters that are running scared from this foe that they have no idea how to take down they're grasping at straws out there so the story moves really fast there isn't like you mentioned earlier there's no breathing room it doesn't stop for any kind of character 
building moments like it's all like backstory and exposition there's not a moment of like personality really mixed in there like there's never like okay guys well let's stop and like you know we need to eat like let's get dinner Mm -hmm. somewhere and then they like yeah commiserate over dinner like there's nothing shawarma shawarma (laughs) yeah yeah, like there's no shawarma scene. There's no, you know, the the scene in Age of Ultron after they've taken down, you know, all the, that secret base, and they're like, okay, now it's a cocktail party at Tony's place. Like, there's nothing that yeah. Tony. They never go to this Tony's place. Yeah, like there's no, you know, moments of like little bits of friendship or, or charm or personality or anything we, in here. We get. A little bit of it, but it's only like a panel or two or a page yeah. at the most, and then it just yes. moves on. So yeah, yeah. It, it feels like you don't get like that stuff. It feels like you don't get that stuff at all. Um, mm-hmm. And it's 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 something I'm interested in, but at yeah. the same t- t- time, I feel like the story doesn't necessarily need it like no the, the premise is so strong that I, yes. I like i'm fine with them just being like okay this is a generic superhero i kind of know their personality based on you know who they are an archetype of right yes yeah and that's it so yeah I don't like know. this is telling such a good tense drama story like i don't need any levity from it the way i mm. might from another story yeah you know like yeah I don't, I don't need a break i'm fascinated at how much you are sustaining all this tension without a break yeah 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 <laughs> indeed and we, we have six more volumes to go after Oof. after this so 10 volumes oh we're breaking up it's four three three right correct yeah okay um so I, I'm pretty much done talking about stuff in volumes one through I four. So. Uh, yeah. I, I know down the road we'll circle back to some of the things that we missed. Uh, this one, but yeah, that's the first four volumes of Irredeemable. Mark mm-hmm. Wade and Peter Krause. Um, well, so we on these ones, we like to save recommendations until we complete the thing or do we do we, we do one at the start and then one at the end right that's what we've been doing yeah okay okay well melissa mm. what would you recommend now that you've read the first four volumes of this what, what, what does this remind you of what, what else would you recommend i would recommend something i mentioned earlier which is a comic we covered earlier this year called black hammer this was written by Jeff Lumiere, mm-hmm. and we did this. Uh, let me look up like what time of year and what episode number this was. I'm looking it up right now. Okay, it was episode 106. Okay, Black Hammer volumes one and two is what we read. And this is a story kind of like this one in that it is a city full of these more generic superhero type of characters they all come together in this big battle against like a galactus type villain and then as part of this magic battle they like go through a portal and they wind up in this little farm town in the middle of nowhere where like nobody 
has is recognizes them. Nobody's heard of them. Mm-hmm. It seems like they're in this place like outside of time and they're in like a real twilight zone because they can't leave yeah like they drive to the edge of town and there's like a force field they can't get through so it's these superheroes that are now trying to live as everyday people like okay i'm a farmer now and you're my brother and you're my daughter like we have to make ourselves into a family unit mm-hmm. that can pass in this like yeah american gothic town it's a good and book it's too. just a yeah, and they've been when the book starts, they've been there for like ten years. Like they're all on their last nerve with each other. They're they're absolutely frayed, and it's about oh, somebody breaks through the barrier and gets to them, and they have to figure out. They still don't know how. Where is this place? How did we get here? Why are we here? Why can't we leave? And is there any hope for us to get out and get back to our old lives? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has that. Good central mystery, but then at the same time, it's also the exact opposite. Where it's like, if if you want the slower moments and the character moments, they are in Black Hammer. Yeah, check that book out. That's a good one to recommend. Um, I would say go read Watchmen. Yeah. It's it's an inter- interesting uh, like alternate superhero take uh, where a bunch of these characters seem like knockoffs of some of the ones that you know. Um, yeah, and you mentioned or you compared the Plutonian going up to the moon as this Dr. Manhattan mm-hmm. moment where he's just like, ah, I can't stand you guys. I'm going to go to Mars. Um <laughs> And yeah, I, I I think there's some similarities there. Uh, two other things that I would recommend, mm-hmm. ones that I actually haven't read or watched. <laughs> okay. Uh, but it's just like, hey, if, if you like this t- 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 type of thing, there was a movie uh, that came out a year or yes. two ago called yes. Brightburn. Yes. Um, and it seems like kind of your knockoff Superman origin story, but it's about this kid who is evil. Like, what if Superman was evil from a kid, like from a super young age instead of <laughs> yeah, like one day he went bad? Yeah, it's like your spooky kid horror movie, but the spooky kid is like an eight-year-old Clark Kent, and the movie's from like Martha Kent's point of view, like, Oh, is this kid I adopted from a mysterious alien world sent to destroy us? Is yeah. he bad? That'd be an interesting one to check out. And last but not mm. least, uh, Superman Red Sun, I think, ah. would be one to check out. That is one that I one day want to cover here on the review show. Um, it is an alternate Superman story where instead of landing in america what if superman landed in soviet russia uh and 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 it's it's kind of a look at at that and what would have happened if he was uh one of the soviets so Mm -hmm. go 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 check that stuff out i think that would be worth checking out Uh, i would also bring up um uh all-star superman just because it has a similar like 
quick, strange, dreamlike pacing to it. It's Grant Morrison, so it's very weird and dreamlike. And it has this same sense of, I'm just mentioning things and not explaining them. Like in this book, they keep yeah. mentioning like all these side heroes, all these side villains, all these past events, and they just sort of hand waves them away because it's like, eh, we don't have time to think about that right now. Yeah. It reminded me of every instance in that book, which is about Superman, I think, <laughs> like knowing he's about to die and it's like what he does with his last days, but also like Lex Luthor is getting ready to fight him again and Lex Luthor gives this long speech to like his niece about this plot that he's doing oh there's a lot of it's like in eh, this one time you know this thing happened you know you know anyway on to business <laughs> yeah good stuff cool i yeah I, I i think those are all good recommendations uh melissa for next mm. month when we yeah. read volumes uh five six and seven mm. um we would normally be doing that at the end of the month um, is, is what we do here at our like special end of the month uh, thing yeah. that, that we do. But in October, we have yet another <laughs> tradition. Yeah, uh, uh, in case you guys don't know, the end of October is a pre-existing notable holiday that we would like to celebrate yes. with another type of episode. Like this story, we've talked about it being scary and nightmarish, but this isn't fitting for the it's Halloween not, episode. It's not meant to, to be do. a horror book. Yeah, we're not going to do the middle three <laughs> volumes. Yeah, of no. just a, a a chilling you know superhero gone wrong comic tale yeah uh no so what we do is in the month of october mm. melissa and i take t t t turns pitching horror movies or comics or mm. manga or stuff like that so that's what we're going to be doing the entire month of october uh, and instead of covering volumes five through seven of iridium at the end of the month we will cover that the first uh sunday of the month in november uh mm. which then means november will be like we'll have the irredeemable five through seven uh at the beginning of the month and then the final three volumes at the end of that month there mm. um so yeah so be on the lookout for that stuff but we also already know what our first uh, the first thing is that we will cover for yeah. our Halloween month. So, Melissa, do you want to mm. let them know what we are going to be covering for next week? Yeah, we pitched and decided upon this last week. We are going to be talking about season one of the TV show Hannibal. This mm -hmm. is from, I think, like 2014 or thereabouts. It's from Brian Fuller, who created Pushing Daisies, uh, another show we've covered on you know, the review show before, and American Gods, which we did like way back in our oh, first yeah. couple yeah. months of the podcast. That was an and it's early a, one that, that, yeah. that we did. And it's an, an origin story of Dr. Hannibal Lecter working with uh, FBI Special Agent Will Graham about hunting serial killers, and it's... Uh, it's a crime drama, you know, some cases of the week, but also this overarching Wait, serial this killer they're tracking. origin story for Hannibal Lecter? I thought this was an origin <laughs> story for the Graham Cracker. Oh, well. <laughs> you said his name was Graham? I, I did, yes. <laughs> dumb joke, it's dumb a, joke. Uh, you guys uh, hate me. I know, I know. <laughs> it's It's a very pretty show. It's weirdly... 
lush and like it's very stylized and well designed like every setting they're in everybody's costumes the layout of every scene oh it's like a real visually interesting show and i'm excited to talk about it good stuff yeah Mm. yeah i i have not seen that show so i'm excited to talk about that one uh i've heard nothing but good things i know it stars mads heckelson uh and he is always a delight to watch because he's a good actor so yes i'm excited that is what we will be doing for week one of our halloween month uh yeah i think that pretty much wraps us up though so Mm -hmm. melissa where can they find you on the internet you can find me on twitter and instagram at wilkywit that's w-i-l-k-y-w-i-t and you can find me at yo kyle springer on twitter and instagram you guys can stay up to date with our podcasts at The Whatnots on Twitter. Uh, go like, share, subscribe, tell a foe, tell a f- 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 friend. Uh, shout ho- to the sky and a superhero may hear you. Right, exactly. Just <laughs> shout it out to the sky. Um, I think we're sitting at 89 subscribers now on YouTube, so we are 11 away. So please help us get to 100 and surpass 100. <laughs> that would be amazing uh i i will not stop mentioning this until it (laughs) happens so if you guys want to shut me up subscribe to our youtube channel until then i will keep whoring myself out (laughs) until you subscribe um but yeah this has been good this is fun i'm excited that we are finally yeah i'm really digging this like i love a good superhero pastiche but i've tended to go for more comedic ones in the past like the earlier this year we talked about the tick and the venture brothers and this is totally the absolute opposite of those indeed indeed (laughs) and it's only gonna get more intense so good stuff uh but yeah that wraps us up for this week. This has been a- a- episode 125 of the Whatnots Review Show. We will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>